Welcome to Your Brain On. I'm Krista Gerhardt. And I'm Karen Foster. Well, Karen, summer's over. You just got back from a nice two-week vacation. I hope you're well-rested. I've never seen more bounce in your step from a virtual perspective, that is. Um, uh, Curious, what'd you do while you were away? Ah, well, thanks, Krista. Um, Appreciate that it's trickling over the glow. Uh, Well, I I read a lot. I got a great some time with my kids. I got away to the beach for a little bit, so it was wonderful. I was a bit ambitious on the number of books I would read. I bought about 14 before I left. Uh, I did get through five, uh, one of which was a showstopper called The Autonomous Learning in the Workplace, put out by the Society of Industrial and Organizational Psychologists. So, uh, uh, some other ones were were a little bit lighter, but uh, but this one was uh, quite interesting. Yeah, sounds like a page turner. Yeah, it was. It's uh, you know light reading on the beach. I can't I can't tell you enough. It uh, rivals the dictionary in in interest and 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 plot. So it was uh, really exciting. I can't imagine James Patterson doesn't have anything on that book. Very relevant for our organization. Has has it informed any of your thinking, either for salience learning or even maybe for our upcoming webinar that we have. Yeah, it did somewhat because I know for um, you know that webinar, uh, COVID-19, then, now, and what's next, which, as you know, is, is coming out uh, September 29th. Uh, and so excited to, to, to talk through that with one of our colleagues, uh, our clients. Well, it's, it's good that you've had this break. You're now you know, adjusted to work life again, and we can start talking about some of this, the challenges that we're facing, mm-hmm. uh, not only internally, but then across uh, our client base. So maybe what we can do is spend a little time today discussing uh, the beauties and sort of the opportunities that COVID-19 has mm-hmm. um, allowed the pharmaceutical, the life sciences industries to focus a bit more on learning and development on these periods of downtime when you know customer-facing field teams aren't allowed to be in the field, or maybe there's rolling outages, depending upon what state you're in and what you know status of COVID-19 um, you know, situation you're in. Everybody's looking for opportunities to develop the teams, develop yeah. our own um, abilities, either knowledge, skills, et cetera. Um, what are you seeing right now when you're talking to clients with regards to what types of learning they're investing in most often? Yeah, no, it, it's a great point. And it, it's really exciting um, that, that that there is the time in some way to see the glass half full from that standpoint. And and I'm sure, you know, a lot of the listeners online would agree that the majority of the modality is, is virtual learning. Um, I can't say how many uh, emails and, and so forth. And, you know, we've talked about it on this podcast and as well as many blog posts on best practices for virtual instruction, which is really exciting, uh, not only for all of us as professionals, but to transfer those skills when we help our children, if they are uh, hybrid learning from home uh, and keeping them positive. But, you know, the virtual, uh, the explosion of, of the virtual classroom and, and as a percentage of, uh, you know, the learning modality that's used has just been, you know, astronomical, of course, in the past six months. And probably I would guess represents about, you know, 80 to 90% of the, the, the primary modality 
that that's used to 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 help teams learn right and grow, grow those competencies and skills i don't know if you would agree no definitely i think there are opportunities though what we're seeing mm. so much of is you know we still want the feeling of live training we still want the feeling of bringing teams together mm-hmm. but we you know best practices recognize that there's only so much information that we can include in one virtual session there's only so much you know, information or times that we want these folks in a virtual room um, because we all experience the same fatigue, you mm, know, definitely. So I'm, I'm curious your opinion, if there's other modalities that as a, as an industry, the life sciences or, you know, clients that we work with should evaluate mm-hmm. to supplement some of this virtual instructor led learning. Yeah, absolutely. And well, and going back to my, my page Turner book, uh, that was uh, edited by uh, Jill Ellingson and Raymond No, talking about autonomous learning that really goes to really focused on self-directed learning. Um, and uh, the two researchers pointed out that, you know, pre-COVID, uh, really just because of the, the time organizations, you know, didn't have, uh, you know, to dedicate to classroom training, right, physical classroom that was really sort of being minimized. It's been what's been seen is the increase of self-directed learning. Um, it's supplemented by growing evidence of, of this type of, of learning where an individual becomes sort of responsible for whether it's consuming a e-module on their own um, or e-modules, uh, whether it's uh, you know being provided access to uh, books on tape uh, or uh, resources in terms of listening and, and, and absorbing content through auditory means. Um, and basically just giving the individual a lot of control over, you know, how they uh, seek out resources and assets to help them learn. Um, and also sort of informal just, you know, workplace interactions, right, where, you know, you're working on a, say, an Excel spreadsheet or something, or perhaps you've, you know, had a tough conversation with a customer as a representative, and you seek out a mentor or a peer and have a discussion about that. So, so self-directed learning had really been sort of become a lot more of the focus uh, where the individual learner is sort of put in the, the position of power to, to find those assets and seek them out and then monitor their learning and adjust their future behaviors. Interesting. So in a world where we see so many of our clients struggle to create learning that is autonomous, that is self-directed, um, specifically because of the legal and compliance uh, guidelines that exist and, and our desire to always ensure that you know we're not putting anyone at risk by training them in a certain way. What are some of maybe even the things that the our, our folks listening might want to consider when mm. evaluating the types of self-directed learning or what it could potentially look like for them? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I know that you hit the nail on the head in terms of, you know, the, the legal regulatory compliance barriers. Um, I think the first step for our, our listeners, to, if they want to you know, diversify their learning modalities, right, and and not just deploy everything on a, a Adobe Connect virtual call, or they want, you know, do you want to think a bit more broadly and give the learners a bit more autonomy, like you said, um, I think the first place to start is, and in their thinking is, you know, which which topic would be the the most the you know, kind of uh, the 
you know, lightest lift or easiest, right, from a legal regulatory standpoint. So maybe that's a little bit more of the skill topic, right? The skills or, uh, you know, general business acumen things, you know, perhaps what wouldn't be best for self-directed learning are your, you know, disease state or marketing messages or uh, new vis aid type content. But but thinking about it, you know, hey, is this skill or knowledge um, uh, one that's such as, you know, a bit more generalist? Uh, is it for their information? Is it maybe about a new resource within the organization? Um, you know, and so thinking strategically, and we talk about this about being a good strategic partner, you know, really have an, as an L&D professional evaluate, you know, the degree to which, you know, a certain skill or a certain set of knowledge content, right, is flexible for self-directed learning. Mm -hmm. So I would say that it's probably likely that a lot of people consider the primary modality of self-directed learning being an E-module. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. What would you say to that? Well, it, it, it doesn't have to be, right? So there's, there's so many other, you know, anything that acts as a, as, um, that delivers, you know, content and knowledge in particular, right? So it could be a conversation with a peer, peer one-to-one conversation. It could be a, uh, you know, Google search, right? Uh, it could be a um, conversation with, with even, even a customer, customer conversation and really asking that customer, you know, hey, you know, do you mind, you know, do, you know, Dr. Smith or, um, you know, help me understand, you know, I, I really see that this is, this is, this is a difficult uh, barrier for you in your business or in your, in your organization or with patients. Help me understand why is that the case or give me more of an insight and really use, you know, those particular customers that would uh, expand on that as a, as a link to, to give, to delivering information and content, um, finding the actual opportunities to, you know, find content nowadays uh, with the ubiquity of the the internet isn't isn't somewhat of the the challenge. Uh, really, what uh, you know, researchers in that review self directed learning, these IO psychologists, much even more, um, will say is that you know, unfortunately, we're not so good at monitoring and self reflecting on if a learning. Uh, modality is working for us, right? It's 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 a bit of that tough love of ourselves. Of you know, if you're listening to a customer, you know, discuss you know some technical aspect of their world, um, it really takes a lot of metacognitive awareness to be evaluating how well you're comprehending that information as it comes in. So so some of the bigger barriers is not so much finding the content or the modalities. But it's it's that um, individuals can feel overwhelmed by the amount of information that is out there. Um, they tend to also skip some critical uh, questions, key questions that they ask. And so there's some things that can you know really then as learning and development professionals basically empower those learners on how to learn better on their own, which which works not even in um, you know self-directed learning modalities, but also in virtual learning or in live classroom, right? By empowering learners to learn how to learn better, they'll do better across the board. So if we were to potentially think about how we can construct sort of the scaffolding, as we like to say, for self-directed learning, and we were to think about how we want to 
empower the learner to take this journey, right? It may not necessarily be one that they are essentially comfortable with because they're, you know, historically they have a path that has been prescribed for them. Um, Correct, yeah. and, we, and we would say here that self-directed is one that they would be de- designing for themselves a bit. Is that fair mm-hmm. to say? Yep. Exactly. Yes. So as learning and development professionals, we want our learners to understand what it means. Mm-hmm. We want to help them understand how to build the process or the journey for themselves. Absolutely. Yeah, it definitely starts by uh, in curious, in, encouraging and modeling um, curiosity, um, encouraging um, and modeling the idea of, um, you know, true knowledge and understand, you know, how do you really know that you know that? Um, and uh, as a learning and development professionals, you know, we act as sort of the um, the, the flag bearers of those those behaviors in an organization um, and really truly lighting a fire in an individual to to start and be um, you know apt to go out and seek out and evaluate that information from their in their own learning process mm-hmm. so if we think about you know sometimes we historically again may have gotten into the habit of oh no, it's another e-module, let's get this done quickly, let's check this box. What you're speaking to is really trying to have an individual become more invested in whether or not they've retained that information, that they've learned something. So um, in that sense, how would you lead that to, you know, one's ability to evaluate themselves or the organization's ability to evaluate them? I know it's a big question, um, but maybe there's questions you can ask baseline or post. Maybe there's reflection questions. I mean, where does evaluation come in when we're trying to, you know, help a, a learner new to the self-directing con- directed learning concept to say, here's what I, I need to sort of walk away with at the end of this journey. Like, here's how I'm going to measure whether or not I feel like it was impactful for me. Yep. Yeah. No, and it all starts by, you know, setting a kind of an intellectual goal. I think a lot of the learners, and that would resonate with a lot of, you know, field-facing, customer-facing people, uh, you know, account executives, you know, very driven, very um, goal-oriented people. Uh, so encourage them to set like their intellectual goal, right? And set a, a learning goal, right? Um, I, you know, I will master the, you know, ins and outs of the, NCCN guidelines for my particular tumor type in oncology by the end of X. Um, and then, you know, this, this, that batch of, of learners would be pretty proactive and latch on to that, I think. So setting that, that goal first, starting with the end in mind, um, can help scaffold, like you mentioned, the path to getting there. Mm-hmm. And how is, as learning development professionals, do you think that we can support the learners in this journey? Like what should what should we play? What role should we play? Yeah, it, you really become that that guide on the side, right? So um, it can uh, you know having sort of a learning coach per se almost, and you know if we were to term them as you know visualize it as a coaching person rather than sort of a directing person, um, you know I think all of us in our personal or professional lives can can call attention to when we had a you know a third party. sort of listen to a situation we were in and then have a different perspective and provide some insights. So a learning and development person could really play that role of sort of guide and coach 
uh, and maybe su- make suggestions of a different, uh, you know, alternative places to find uh, assets, um, content, not encourage people to not get discouraged that it's, you, you know, at, throughout a learning process, there are going to be bumps and there'll be dips and there'll be, you know, hills and, and peaks. So just to continue to motivate people and, and encourage them to have that uh, curiosity uh, and persistence. I think this is also reminding me of the, the models and frameworks that we give uh, our individuals or our organizations so that they can do their jobs better, right? You have a, you have a selling model, you have an account management model, um, but we don't talk about the learning model, right? So as, as, as part of a potential, you know, opportunity, you teach your folks a model for learning and you, you embrace that and you guide them. I that that guide on the side uh, visual that you provided reminds me more of um, an opportunity for a coach within a selling model or a coach within a learning yeah. model. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, again, driving at why would we you know want to do this? And it really, it, first of all, the, the idea that self-directed learners can be, you know, super efficient. Um, and it's, it's actually, you know, a better uh, economic choice for the organization in the sense that, um, in, you know, a, a, and, and at the speed that business is going, right? It really gives a nod to, hey, those NCCN guidelines, they get changed, you know, every month, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, right? So if you have a self-directed learner, they can keep up with the pace and the pace of information change much faster than, you know, uh, you know, creating a, you know, thinking of the three-month, you know, development time for an e-module, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, there's a lot of benefits to the organization and, and in thinking about adopting a lot more self-directed learning uh, opportunities. Thank you for listening to this episode of Your Brain On. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Krista Gerhardt. And I'm Karen Foster. And we'll see you next time.